We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, welcome to the True Faith Radio Show. Uh, I'm Alex Hurst, back in the country, back doing the radio show with Ben Wade for most of the show. You're right, Ben. Yeah, good meet you. With Sai for 15 minutes. <laughs> I've just seen that Prince Philip thing. <laughs> <laughs> just, just take the bleeping picture. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, everyone. All right, Sai. Thanks for that introduction. <sighs> uh, yeah, so we're back again. Thanks for everyone who's listened in during these difficult summer months. Uh, unlike many. I don't know about you, Sai, but I've resisted sending five or six tweets to the official Newcastle United Twitter account today, just kicking off that I haven't signed a player. Sign a player! Like, <laughs> for God's sake, man! Yes, signings. Why haven't you signed any players? We have actually, even though not officially, it looks like we have signed signed a player. Uh, anyone know who he is? Or is anyone going to pretend and lie about how they've been following his career for the past five years? <laughs> <laughs> who are you talking about? The Dutch lad. Wijnaldum. Yeah, why didn't you say his name? Oh, I was going to say. Wijnaldum. There you go, Sai. Well done, well done. No? Is that a no? <laughs> no one knows <laughs> no, who No, I'm not going to pretend I know who he is. He sounds decent. <laughs> He's a great signing, though. That's everyone's saying. The figure's been touted at, I've seen, between 11 and as much as 15 million quid. 15 million quid would make it our third most expensive signing of all time, <laughs> ahead of, uh, or behind Shiro and Owen. So, big, uh, a big, I don't know what do you call it, a statement of intent from... Mike Ashley, my only concern is that once again we're signing along with like players in the squad, Movo, De Jong, Cabela, another number ten, <laughs> another player to play a position that we never play. Sissoko. Sissoko, you could you could argue. But um yeah, thoughts lads, happy, sad. It's just a serious it's just <laughs> good good to have a um a body in the squad, I guess, because obviously we're starting to look like we're going to go down the route of uh, Blackpool and just <laughs> leave it till two weeks before the season. Before, like, actually, we we'll probably need more than like eight players <laughs> and have to be good. And then be like, uh, Niall, uh, Ranger, what are you doing uh, this weekend? Just fancy coming down for a game? But um, nah, I, th- I mean, he's, he's got um, pretty decent pedigree in the Dutch league. Um, 
He's uh, obviously played for the Dutch national side, although <laughs> so had been in Um So I don't know what sort of statement that makes. Um, but yeah, I think um, by by all accounts, as sort of everyone says, he rates him. Um, I think there was a few other clubs that were meant to be in for him, so um, at least they've, they've got the deal done and got him in. And it's just it's got to be positive. He's obviously a um, a good player. He's obviously been successful in Holland, and um, hopefully. When when De Jong's back, uh, we're we're starting to sort of put together a decent attacking side. Um, if we can get everyone fit on the pitch together, well, you have to wonder, don't you? I mean, Sai, you were talking about this yesterday or today. Where does this leave Poppy? You say, presuming that we will get this uh, Mitrovic in, which is a massive presumption, but Twitter is basically treating it like a done deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think that's with Riviere as well on the books. Do you think does, does, he, does count? he count? Yeah, I was going to say. Pro, unfortunately, so. See, so are you <laughs> thinking it's going to be one out from all of this, or is it? Should we not worry about that? Should we just I, crack I on th- with the I show? Think what you were leading to there is, is that the club probably desperate to get rid of Cissé because, like you say, he's, he's thirty. He's, he's thirty. They're not going to give him a new contract. <laughs> he's, he's got these injury problems, so he'd only probably play like twenty games this season. Aye. And if they can get some money from now from some Russian club, then they're going to they're going to take it. I, I personally, and I'm sure you'd agree, wouldn't like to see him go. I think he, his contribution would still be worthwhile, but um, <laughs> I can see it happen. <laughs> Speak into the microphone. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so it's literally it's, just it's, here. Yeah, probably people listening will have just heard that much louder. <laughs> but um, hello, <laughs> now nah, hello. It's, it's one of those where you, if you could get a decent bid, like a ten million, I think apparently they were trying to uh, offer him out for. Unlike it's unlike you're going to get that much, but if you did, it's probably a decent deal to try and recoup some because, as you say. He's, Missed a lot of games last season, albeit because he was suspended for most of it. But obviously, his knee injuries, um, that's not going to get any better. And if you can get anything for him, he's probably like one of the top earners as well at the club. And it's probably not a bad bad time. But I would still say you're leaving yourself light if you let Cesar go. And you've got, okay, let's say this Mitrovic comes in, De Jong can possibly play up front. But then Riviere and... Um, Perez is your sort of your two. It's essentially leaving yourself short again, which we were last season. So, preferably, I'd I'd want at least four strikers. Um, so, I'd, and hopefully, see say if he if you're able to replace him with Mitrovic, at least he'll get a bit more rest time, and um, hopefully, we can manage him better to get the best out of him. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Obviously, today's show isn't about um, transfers or anything like that. We've kind of resisted the temptation to do a transfer speculation show because most <laughs> of we're here transfer speculation. And we don't know about any yeah, of the players. Yeah, we don't know about any of it. Which uh, leads us on to the main event. Sai has to leave us, unfortunately, for the big cup final tonight, Sai. Big cup final, yeah. But it's the third and fourth place finishes of the, <laughs> of the tournament that we've been involved in. So how is that anywhere cup final <laughs> well, play it's, it's, it's the played final of like the, the sixth and seventh best teams and ev- ev- yeah, so basically uh, everyone plays each the other the player that brought the most kits consistently <laughs> yeah. to the matches each week <laughs> make up t- tonight's final where's it at and how can people turn up and watch yeah, uh, you'll catch it at 8 o'clock tonight at Coach Lane <laughs> J- just next to Newcastle training ground where no one will be in- being unveiled well Twitter's just got this lad walking out with a big grin on his face <laughs> so, this lad any, anyone in particular just a lad <laughs> the Dutch lad <laughs> um, well good luck with that size good to know that 55 minutes before kickoff you sat in the radio Northumberland studio yeah, then I'll again we're sweating so much in here that is probably the best warm up you can get <laughs> so hot Bit, uh, burn off that pizza you've just uh, scoffed down <laughs> yeah, if anyone from the team's listening I have not just inhaled a whole pizza <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so today's show is, uh, was a bit controversial when I announced it on Twitter through the week. You remember yeah, you was, f- it wasn't popular, was it? When uh, You can follow us on Twitter, Ask TF Weekly Pod, because we'll also do the podcast through the season, a bit of a blue version of the radio show. Um, and people were kind of saying, like, can, can you just, when we're going to do a radio show about the Alan Pardew years... They just said, "We'll just don't. <laughs> we don't want all that dragged up again." Well, <laughs> I, I think the, fa- I think the yeah. first response was, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. We, we obviously we did the season reviews earlier of uh, the Bobby Robson era, especially the one hundred two and 0203 season. We're all twenty six now, so we've attended most of the Newcastle matches. We've attended, and we've attended a lot. <laughs> Alan Partridge's been the manager. The only time I've followed Newcastle in Europe. Alan Pardew's been the manager. The only time I've seen Newcastle like break records, <laughs> Alan Pardew's yeah. been the manager. Good, good, good and bad. Good and bad. <laughs> Mostly bad. Some good ones as well. Um, and it might just be good to kind of look back and, and talk about the highs and the lows and why it went so spectacularly wrong. Because after the, remember, we, sh- we should have qualified for the Champions League uh, season 11 12. Um, as it happens, if we'd have finished fourth, we would have been snaked out of it by Chelsea like Spurs did. That's got to hurt if you're a Spurs fan still. Yeah. Um, but we still we could have finished third on that, on that last day, but we'll, we'll come on to all of that. But there's a bit of needle between Newcastle and Crystal Palace fans on Twitter at the moment. Um, obviously, a lot of Palace fans uh, gloating at this, the purchase of a near 30 year old Johan Kabay on 100 grand a week for whatever 10 to 12 million quid, depending on who you believe. Um, so, you know, that's not why we've done it. We're not obsessed by Alan Pardew, but he's, he plays a major role in our lives, for better or definitely for worse. And the real reason is we've just not got anything else yeah. to talk about. We're desperate for the season to start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next uh, next week, it's going to be the Steve Clark years. <laughs> we'll look back at Steve Clark's only fixture, Georgia Castle. Which, which Steve Clark's that? Is that the Steve Clark that was there? <laughs> a scout in 1988. Blame Wikipedia, lads. <laughs> just like to point out during that quiz, um, there was a few other people, Richie Smith among them, a good friend of ours in the podcast, claiming that I've got a lot of uh, facts and questions wrong. Incorrect. Only what I got wrong was the uh, Steve Clark, who was not <laughs> Newcastle United's <laughs> head scout during the ninety five ninety six season, as Wikipedia says. Well, he may well have been. He was in fact the Steve Clark that you. He was in fact know. captain in Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you click, it's still it's still there. It, if you click on the link, it takes you to Steve Clark's Wikipedia page. Oh, does it? Yeah, so not my fault. So, Sai, since you're gone soon, Alan Pardew was appointed two thousand and ten. Mm-hmm. What was going through your mind? And I have a good memory, so I'll wait. I'll let you go first, because I remember our conversation. Well, really? Can you remember what I said when you told me? Well, remember what our conversation was, yeah. I was going to say, I think I would probably have have had to look at Wikipedia to double-check what Alan Pardew's uh, credentials were. (laughs) Because it was just, it was bizarre, wasn't it? it? This is what happened. Both of us just refused to believe it. Yeah, we're just like, no. This is the days before Twitter, and it was it was the era of twenty four hour news. But well, I say days before Twitter. Twitter probably existed, but it wasn't. Uh, it didn't have the role in breaking news and stories that it does these days. Uh, Martin Yall was the favourite for the job, popular choice. Probably good that he didn't get the job, considering how it went at Fulham. But um, yeah, when I heard Alan Pardew was to be the next Newcastle manager, it just no, no chance. That's ridiculous. Stupid media saying stupid things. Yeah. I mean, the logic, I mean, everyone jumped on this kind of, oh, he's, he's made, he's met, he's met Lombias down the casino or whoever, he's, he's, got, some, he's got connections. The word mates, that, the rumour was, Alan Pardew is on like a million pounds, and he's come to work it off. money. Oh, I, I never bought into any of that. It was oh, total that. garbage. It, 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 the only thing that made any sense, and it was kind of true, was that no one else would touch the job, and that's, that's why we got him, really. 
it well, was it was a really poison chalice at the time. I mean, it hasn't really recovered since. I, but don't, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, Hooten had done an all right job. He obviously would come back up. Um, we'd had a decent start of the season. Um, obviously, we had Andy Carroll, who was banging them in at the time. Looked yeah. like we had we had a sort of up and coming team. That okay, there wasn't much sort of quality there, but there was definitely pieces there that you could build around. Um, and and they had a lot of still sort of the likes of Barton and um, Colaccini and Jonas, and there, were, there was plenty of players there that were were decent. So uh, I wouldn't say it was a poison. Chalice. I agree with with Ben. I think Newcastle could have got a much more. Uh, what's the right word favourable candidate but a lot of people would say Alan Pardew was probably desperate at the mm. time he, he probably would just said yes <laughs> to everything like oh right we're not really that bothered about the Cups no problem we're not going to give you any money to spend we're not going to let you choose any of the players no problem <laughs> and they, they probably could have suggested anything it's like basically you've got to live in my cell like, yeah yeah fine when do I when do <laughs> I get the job I mean that, that was the thing <laughs> he had no right to get it did he really from no. where he'd got I mean just been sacked off by a League One team um and basically, I, th- I think that the fact he, he, I bet he couldn't believe he's what uh, the, couldn't believe his luck when uh, he got the call, sort of saying, oh, "Are you interested?" Because he he must have just been at the, the but thought he was at the bottom of sort of anyone's list. He'd been sacked by Southampton exactly, in League One, exactly, and it just he he couldn't have thought he would be getting a, another League One job, let alone back in the top top gig. So um, I think from <laughs> from that sort of thing, he. Basically, the way it panned out, he, he owed them massively because they basically picked him out at the, yeah. the bottom of the pile. And if you look at where he is now at, at Crystal Palace and the, the kind of safety of the Premier League, Newcastle United was fantastic for Alan Pardew's career. There's no doubt about it. It, it, it worked out very well from Alan Pardew's point of view. Though you always have to remember that. Um, we may as well crack on. I mean, Si, you have to go, so... I don't really know what to ask you because obviously we're going to have to like jump ahead. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, should, should I just answer, answer that. Answer that. <laughs> Get yourself away. You need jog down the stairs and you'll warm up. What were your what 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 are your uh, abiding memories of Alan Pardew? Um, obviously, I've mentioned it many times before. I can't really have a bad word. He was terrible. The last year of his of his Newcastle reign was awful. Nobody was enjoying the football. It was it was really difficult to continue to support the guy when when. Um, when everyone else wasn't, you know, we we stuck by him longer than most. But uh, like I say, that trip to uh, Tottenham will always leave a slightly bitter taste in my mouth about Alan Pardew. <laughs> Before that, I could you sure that isn't the flair. What? Oh, Just the... oh Ben. <laughs> I don't get it, but move on. Yeah. Before that, game, you were half an hour late for getting at the game because someone let off a flare, didn't they? Yeah, they did. But if we if we would have won one 0 I don't think we'd even remember that. Yeah, it was it was the four <laughs> 0 batter. And yeah. After sixty nine minutes being four 0 down, one's probably yeah. what did it, Ben. <laughs> Um, now before that though even at the start of the season just gone I still could be positive about him and still had like fond memories of my first my first years going to European away games I've got Pardew to thank for that Yeah. Um, some of the outrageous away matches I went to like Chelsea won, won 2-0 Alan Pardew was in charge of that like you say most of my living memories of Newcastle have got Alan Pardew in them because he's been around for so long or what a hero or <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's all uh, I'd like to remember him. Obviously, the last couple of years has been terrible for so many reasons. He was one of them, but you know what? It, it, we, had, we had some good times as well, and I, I don't think of, of all the managers we've had in the last fifteen years, Pardew's. Th- there's plenty that, have, that were worse than he was. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Sai. <laughs> Clap out, Ben. Clap out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they were proud. They were proud. 
Have you turned his mic off? <laughs> you turned your mic off. <laughs> go on, Unlucky, get gone. Si. Get gone. Sai, yeah. use one of them pots of water, will you? <laughs> please. I think we need to start, if you're listening, please... Please send money for an aircon <laughs> unit in the Radio Northumberland studio. It's so warm. Uh. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, right, yeah, so Sai will be back next week. I think we'll... we'll See you later, gents. <laughs> we'll make you actually be here next week as well. Or we're going to get blessed with his presence. However. He'll be back on the phone maybe at best. All right, bye, Sai. Uh, longest goodbye ever here, by the way, from the <laughs> studio. Lingering. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> so we've had a couple of tweets in from Alex Wilson thanks Alex we'll, we'll come to them later during the, that season when we'll, we'll come on to it the 12-13 season um, I disagree with you strongly Alex about your Jonas but I'll, I'll come on to that later um, yeah so the 10-11 season uh, Padre gets the job very very sheepish first couple of interviews basically knowing that he had no right to be there uh, Newcastle beat Le- has to be said a shocking Liverpool team three one Roy yeah. Hodgson's Liverpool I think it was one of his last games it was a great game actually Newcastle played really well won three one um, and everything was fine uh, not so good after that lost the next two we lost one at home to Man City uh, we lost at Man City on Boxing Day three one two nil at Spurs and then he was kind of fortunately got um, the one nil win at Wigan where we always got beat then came the big one smashing West Ham five nil. Uh, Leon Best Hatrick, and you kind of—I don't know what you were like, Ben, at the time. And I was thinking, all right, there's something in this year because yeah. it was one of those crazy seasons. We had all the six 0 against Villa and the five one, and I don't know. I mean, pretty close after that was the four four against uh, against Arsenal. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts at this point about him? I mean, obviously he got weren't in relegation mm-hmm. trouble, but were, you know were one of Looking the worst way, yeah. form teams in the league under Hooten when he when he got the sack. So. What was your what were your thoughts kind of out the first couple of months after you got the job? I mean, I think that's the you, you have to remember the position we're in with Hooten. I mean, he'd he'd done a brilliant job getting back in the Premier League. Um, I'd were with him for that, and I, I would sort of never say a bad word about him. But I think he'd found his le- his level. Um, he he w- didn't really have the tactical nous to to manage in the Premier League. He got out sort of thought a lot of the time, and we we were basically playing a quite a rugged style. We had the likes of Nolan Barton just humping balls up to Carroll and it was sort of um, just very direct but it wasn't really much quality to the to the play and just to, I mean I think a lot of that was to do with the squad as well but um, yeah I mean I think we, we were all sort of under the, the same sort of thought that Hooten wasn't going to really take away any further um, so when they the moved on I mean I know he's popular with a lot of the fans but I think it was the right right choice to move on from him um, he was obviously a bit harsh of the timing but um, the I I mean, it was just a bit of a surprise that part to think of all the people that were potentially being linked. I mean, he he had literally no credibility to get that job. Um, but obviously, he started off with that Liverpool game. And I think I've got everyone on side, and he, he sort of, as you say, he was coming up with sort of saying the right things. So at, at first, it was just one of those: he's, he's the manager, you can't do anything about it. So you're going to get behind him. Um, and obviously, we didn't go on a brilliant run, but then there was a few few standout games in that that really. Um, he saw sort of potential, um, and I think it, he he didn't sort of embarrass himself. I think they they finished the season fairly well, and I, most people were pr- looking pretty optimistic to the next year that at least we looked like we were going to do something better uh, going into the next year. Right, I'm not entirely sure about that, but the first um, the first big catastrophe came when we went out of the FA Cup at the first attempt at Steve- League Two Stevenage. Mm. 
away from home, which kind of set the tone for Pardew's FA Cup career after that. Uh, obviously, when I when I kind of was researching this show, I thought typical Pardew, gag team out, you know, injuries, suspensions. We had the Derby away Derby, which we should have won. Like I conceded a last minute goal for that one. Which yeah, again was brutal. it? Yeah, brutal, it? but that game, uh, pretty. I think it was this. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through that team now. Cruel, Colacini, Williamson, Simpson, Perch, Nolan, Barton, Routledge, Smith, Lovenkrantz, and Best. I know Lovenkrantz and Best don't sound great, but we had sold Carroll by this point and replaced them with no one. So that's a that's a that's the strongest team. There was no players in the bench. Who I mean, Tiote was in the bench and he came on and got sent off straight away. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that that was kind of a sign of things to come, and the rest of that season kind of went. And passed without incident almost I mean there were some very average results there getting done 3 nil at Liverpool and 1 nil at Villa who were yeah who but were I mean they, they were all be- I mean well 4 four nil at Stoke it, you have to remember where we would just come up though with yeah. a, with a, basically a, the majority of the squad was a championship quality team at Scholar Best and Lovenkrans <laughs> and they're still all playing for now <laughs> I was going to say Scholar Lovenkrans and Best is your strike force and then Carroll who everyone was sort of unsure about how he would do to, at, at, they didn't exactly. They weren't exactly playing with the sort of likes of players that came in the door after that. So, I think they, they got about as much out of that team as you could have. Um, okay, you're gonna have bad results, but they, they had some cracking. As you said before, they had some brilliant results with mixed in within that. And I think that was just a, a sort of the nature of the team at the time. It was that you had some highs and and some really low lows, but um, it was just an inconsistent team, I guess. Yeah, well, inconsistency is the the key word. Um, size just. I thought he should be concentrating on driving, but he's just uh, he's just tweeting saying he was at the Steven Nidge away game and it's comfortably the worst ever away game he ever went to. I'm surprised. Yeah, I think Spurs has got to push that. Um, when you say people were kind of optimistic for the next... Uh, well, I'm probably being a bit over these of that. I don't... It was just the fact that obviously we'd come, come back up and manage to stay in the league and um, I don't know. I think obviously the, that summer they went out and bought bought a lot of the, the well, players, I'll, I'll go through that I mean um, Patricia's just tweeted in at Hughes 41 part saying that the brother of her first ex came up two seasons ago huge Palace fan he wanted Pardew back then his hero which is I suppose the only reason he, Alan Pardew would never have gotten the Crystal Palace job I used to think unless he was an ex-player but they did appoint Neil Warnock so <laughs> yeah. you know you never know um, but it is <laughs> weird how Pardew was never a good footballer and Speaking or hearing what some Palace fans say, they say if he hadn't scored that goal in the FA Cup, yeah, um, he wouldn't be as kind of worshipped mm. <laughs> as he is. Um, so the twelve eleven season, I remember a lot of negativity at the time. Moving into that transfer window when we'd lost Carroll, and there was all of the. I think Darren, Derek Lambay did a chronicle interview. We're going to reinvest all of the Andy Carroll money, but that was all, and there didn't seem to be like any further investment. And people were kicking off about, well, where's the money gone? It was the first kind of time where people just couldn't understand mm. why Newcastle weren't signing any any players. That summer was kind of I, I don't know when Graham Carr came to the club. I probably should because we're doing a radio show, but I don't. But that summer was when he really started to put his uh, his print yeah. on the club. And that summer was signed many a bead on a free from Lawrence in France. Uh, Denver Barn a free. That's, that's your first uh, opening uh, sort of big name uh, signing, is it? A free. Uh, absolute unknown on <laughs> Still free, here, isn't like. he? Still here. Um, Denver Barn a free. Again, much criticised at the time. I heard people saying he was the new show. I mean, he wasn't. He was absolutely class. <laughs> uh, bit of an idiot as time went on, but a fantastic player. Um, Gabriel Obertan, who remains, uh, what, the last, remains the last time we paid 
the last player we paid any money for, we think, for a, uh, a player from another Premier League club, £3.25 million. Rob Elliott, get in, came in from Charlton. <laughs> and uh, obviously the big one was Johan Kabay for £4.3 million, which at the time was just, a, I mean, I hadn't heard of him, but the fact that he'd, be, he'd captained Lille to the French double, double yeah. was a bona fide starter for France. They were playing in the Champions League the next season. Yes. He sat that off to come in. He sacked off the Champions League to come to Newcastle. Um, Obviously, that the first one of the first things that really impressed me about Pardew, though, was getting rid of Kevin Nolan for four million pounds at the <laughs> age of like thirty. I mean, anyone who's listened to the podcast knows I, I thought Kevin Nolan scored some really important goals, really crucial goals for Newcastle. Uh, he was rubbish, <laughs> especially that the last half of that ten eleven season. He was unfit. Uh, he just was. He couldn't affect games. He was rubbish. I mean, like this year, it just shows he, he relied. He was good when he had Cut Carroll basically putting chances on a plate for him. And fair play to him, he could finish, but um, yeah, he wasn't a Premier League standard player at, at that well, level. He's very unpopular really, with a lot of the West Ham fans as well. For that reason, he's he's all right as a kind of a number ten who who gets in the box. He's not the right creative. Place. He's just a finisher. <laughs> yeah, but he's not good enough to play up front. Yeah, he's not good enough to play in midfield. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously that that uh, those signings that summer kind of shaped the team moving forwards. Um, David Santon joined late on in the window for five million pounds, who I thought was a really good player. Um, well, that's the thing. All the stuff back home was out talking about how Mourinho was touting him as the next Maldini when yeah. he was at Inter. So the fact, I mean, obviously there was a, that was a few years after, and he his career had sort of taken a, a downward spiral. But he was still a, a, a pretty big coup at the time, wasn't he? So that was thought obviously replacing Enrique, who'd uh, jump ship. There was also the sale of well, the the termination of Joey Barton's contract to allow him to go to uh, Queens Park Rangers in a free, mm. which you know, it's. He was good for Newcastle, especially that season. But mm-hmm. I'm not having Joey Barton's hero status with Newcastle or some Newcastle fans. Yeah, um, That's the th- it, was, it was a strange one that he was so popular. Because I mean, he was there for a lot of years. Signed in 07-8. Really yeah, did not. Yeah, then went to jail <laughs> on the on the books <laughs> on the payroll. He basically, only became popular when we literally hit rock bottom <laughs> and we had to we had to play him because he was on the obviously on the books. Couldn't get rid of but him. He, really. he was injured that nearly all of the championship season. He played a very very minor role that mm. season. So. You're basically looking at a six months. Well, uh, that year, ten eleven, when we're pretty average, finished thirteenth. Um, and he, he's for some reason, Newcastle fans treat him like some kind he of. He did. He did strike up a decent partnership with Car- our attack. Was basically him hoying balls up to Carroll, and then either Carroll or Nolan finishing them. And it, he was quite key there. Well, I think the he was on. Did that he was on. Six, he was on three million quid a year for four years. Yeah, it's mental. Isn't it? <laughs> so for twelve million, we got half a season <laughs> out of him. Welcome back, Joey. Come home. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that season, I remember reading True Faith and McMartin's editorials and stuff, and a lot of negativity. And people weren't convinced the number of free signings. We didn't sign anyone over five million pound that summer. Yeah, and, bargains, weren't they? You know, after the promise of investment and renewal of the squad, and like you say, that a lot of players remained from the championship. We ended up getting rid of a lot of players as well. Uh, so there was really no um, no argument to be made that you know the Carroll money. Then some had been reinvested. Yeah. I mean, Sol Campbell left, Chef Kikuchi left, Nolan left. Uh, All big names. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Routledge left. Jose Enrique left that summer. Kazengel Walawa left. Joey Barton left. It's quite a bit out and off the wage bill, and they were only replaced by kind of six, four or five players, sorry. Uh, so a lot of negativity, and then it just happened. which just flew out the traps, Ben. It was an unbelievable season. I mean, that the, the sort of runs we went on, we, we looked brilliant. Um I mean, the likes of Steven Taylor was reinvigorated. I mean, he looks like a different player. Um, 
and I suppose you still <laughs> you still cling on to that season because he, yeah. he was so good. I mean, that's when we were talking about it the other week about who would would keep in the squad when we did our review. Um, you were putting words in my mouth on Twitter, I think, saying I, I would be happy with with a back four of Colaccini, Taylor, and uh, the rest of them. That wasn't what I was saying, <laughs> but um, I, I think you did. Um, but it was he, he, lo- he looked really good. He looked the part. I mean, obviously for years he was one of these that everyone wanted him to get an England call up for a while. When he was, obviously when he was up and coming, and he just never. I always thought he was absolutely rubbish. He was garbage. Thought he was massively overrated. But that season, the really he really looked the part next to a decent defender in Colaccini. Colaccini got the best out of him. Um, Colaccini was absolutely exceptional that yeah. season. We'll just we will point out, um, I presume the people trolling while last week aren't listening, <laughs> but after last week's show, which was kind of your favourite Newcastle sign, it's not the best ones, it's not the best values for money, just, you know, so I put the list on Twitter and we've got all sorts of grief of people going, how, how can he be there? And, but <laughs> to of, be fair, there were some shows. No, of, of all the outrageous shouts, right, of your, the, your ridiculous Anton Sibierskis <laughs> and James Purchase, some lad, possibly two lads, were kicking off with me for having Colacini in there. He's rubbish, he's worse than Williamson. It's like, have you ever watched a game of football before? <laughs> like, that season especially, Colacini was out of this world. Uh, he, he got into the Premier League team of the season at the end of the year, probably the only Newcastle player in years to... To, to do so and uh, he was just after such a shaky start obviously he was imperious in the championship he was decent the next year but that this is peak yeah, yeah, and definitely. Tim Krull exceptional so Krull, I mean Krull Teote and Kabai in the middle the and then Demba Bar up front what a spine that was I mean if you look at Newcastle's spine last season especially under Carver when it was like Krull who was shocking it wasn't really one you yeah. couldn't say there was a spine there yeah so that that was a massive uh, a massive advantage I mean if you look at um, the games as well we started off with a Fortunate nil-nil draw against a ten-man Arsenal. Arsenal were off the pace, had a poor start that year. We then famously did Sunderland one-nil uh, at their place. You're going to miss and all that. And then obviously <laughs> Fulham were put to the sword two-one at home in front of just forty-two thousand at St James's. By the way, kind of doesn't really get that, talked about. Did we go like ten games and beat eleven? Well, I'll count them up here. Is it the Chelsea? <laughs> well, then, well, Chelsea then, we then went to QPR. Drew Barton made his debut QPR. And we got battered nil nil. <laughs> we got away with a point, and then I, I went with a few. We put a, a true faith bus on for the one all game away at Villa. Leon Best scored, and Villa. I think Villa had won their first three games under McLeish. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a last, was it? I don't know how they do it. And we, we turned up there. and We played them off the pitch. Kabar was exceptional. Blackburn came, we're beaten 3-1 with a Denver bar hat trick. This is like, right, there's a player here. Went to Wolves on a, on a beautiful day in October. And um, <laughs> it was, it's so sunny. I remember <laughs> I went to the match at Molyneux. 1-2-1, Denver bar. Jonas Gutierrez scored an absolute worldie, which never really gets talked about. Spurs, who are flying 2-2. you mention it constantly. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wigan were beaten 1-0. Kabai got his first to the club. Another bar hat trick at Stoke, um, 3-1. Then we'll beat Everton 2-1. And at this point... We're third, kind of one point off top in November. Stark contrast to the last couple of seasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a bit. When we're just about winning our first game. But yeah, like this, <laughs> it's obviously that this is the peak. It's never been any better than that. Nah. It's never well, been not, any better not, than not, the not in our lives anyway. than the fifth of November, just before an international break. Well, in our lives, yes, but yeah. when we were supporting Newcastle, probably yeah. um, we we'll beat Everton two one. Ryan Taylor scored a cracker. And it, yeah, that, that's it. So you can pinpoint the fifth of November two thousand eleven as the point where it all went downhill. <laughs> Seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? For Alan Pardew. And then um, we came into a real tough run of games and basically had a mare. City did with 3-1. City went on to be league champions. I was at that match. Newcastle were very good, very unlucky. Uh, Hatton Benoff hit the inside of a post at 1-0. You never know what could have happened. Um, we were a bit very unlucky in the first half not to go in front. 
We then got a decent um, draw at Man United when Dana Barr scored the pen equaliser. If you remember, Hatton Ben Offer just got tackled by Rio Ferdinand and we got a pen. Jackpot. Um, yeah, I remember that. Actually. The defining game of the season wasn't winning at Chelsea, although you know some of the victories had. I think it was the three 0 home defeat against Chelsea. I know I'm going into detail here, but I remember being about five minutes late for that match because we'd been drinking somewhere ridiculous and it took longer to get the ground than we thought. <laughs> and walking through into the corner, into the kind of the section you walk out of, and seeing David Luiz pull down Denver Bar in the first oh, unbelievable three minutes, blatant red card. It's just a red card all it's, day it's long. It's the most, yeah. It's that that has got to be the biggest. I mean, people talk about whether it's too much sending a player off when he's in the box, brought down last man when the keeps there, or whatever. But that that has got to be because you don't get a penalty for it. You don't. You're not yeah. getting any other advantage. He just basically pulled him down on the edge of the box. And the ref gave me a yellow card. Yeah. Bottled it. Bottled it against Massively. the big team. And I know that right. wasn't it. Pretty much straight from the kickoff. Yeah. Wasn't well, it? it was. It was right at the start of the game. And you think about the big decisions that affected the the team and the club and. Uh, you know, I could be out of me league here, but I think Newcastle <laughs> could have got Champions League that season. If he gets sent off there, oh, yeah, they're down to 10 men. The beat were 3 0, and what we're, well, I think we hit the bar like got, three or four they times. Penalty, didn't they? The, a penalty. He, yeah, he missed it actually. Oh, Tim, oh, Tim Cole saved, saved it. But more important than the defeat was Stephen Taylor snapped his Achilles, mm. and yeah, Colaccini also limped off and was out for however long. A few months. A few, well, you know, and it, it's just like, you just. We complain the podcast about when you play big, you know, inverted commas, big clubs, because Chelsea aren't a bigger club in Newcastle historically, but it was just a red card. And he yeah. just, he's given me a yellow card. He's the last man. How, you know, it's, it's just an injustice. <laughs> there's no words for it. Um, that game, you know, we lost we lost the two centre backs because we're in Newcastle. We had no other centre backs. Yeah, Williamson was injured at the it? time. Uh, the only time he was meant to be bloody fit, like, <laughs> and he's injured. Um, we one, then, the one time we wanted him. He wasn't yeah, there. we then got done. 4-2 at Norwich, he'd had a good start. Gosling got sent off, cheers, Dan. Um, and we played with Simpson and Perch, I believe. And I think they scored four headers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. They did, I. Uh, a nil-nil at home to Swansea when we should have beat them was followed with a really frustrating 3-2 defeat against West Brom at home when we had a bit of a mare. Colaccini came back, but he clearly wasn't fit. Uh, got done by Shane Long, not the first time. Uh, and then a win at Bolton Boxing Day, which is enjoyable for anyone that was there. Ben Offer getting his first goal of the season. Followed up by by Liverpool three one away from home. Do you remember that game, Ben? Were you, did you with the, the uh, which one? Sorry, Liverpool away uh, on thirtieth of December. We took a bus down and we got stuck in. Like we're supposed to get there about four oh, hours beforehand. We Prest- was that the first one time we went to Preston? Preston. Uh, that lake. No, no, no. Basically, we got stuck oh, in no. such bad traffic. We I missed the start. We, we nearly missed the start there, of the yeah. game, and we're aiming to get to Liverpool four hours before kickoff. <laughs> and we're we're going to get to Liverpool so early. Will not take booze because <laughs> we're going to be in Liverpool <laughs> yeah, for yeah. hours. It was stuck on the bus with no alcohol. It's absolutely <laughs> brutal. We got B three one anyway, and that was it. The first half of the season, you kind of thought to yourself, um, you are decent. You'll take that. We're, we're kind of a top seven or eight team here. It's been a fantastic season so far. We hope we sign someone in, in January because we were desperately short. If then my bar got injured, you were relying on Shola. Um, so yeah, it was it was a good start. And as I said, like Alan Pardew was was a popular manager at the time. Newcastle played good football. What a good team. And it was probably the, along with the rest of this season, the least an- antagonism towards Ashley, towards the setup. A lot of people reassessed their, you their know, viewpoints. Their viewpoints and Ashley in the club. And it was like, actually, 
we are better than they've, everybody they've, else here. This, this is the way to do it. That, that, I think that's a decent point because that was the sort of point where it was starting to look like actually they, they had done some real decent, decent yeah. work over the summer. And okay, they hadn't spent all the money, but they'd reinvested what they'd, they'd got in, got a really good squad together and spent absolutely pittance compared to some of the teams. And it thought you, you thought, well, maybe obviously Graham Carr's the man with the, the golden touch sort of thing. He's, he's yeah. pulled out some absolute brilliant signings here and it as you say it what didn't bother people that there wasn't the the big investments in there because we're still getting still had a brilliant team put out there when we, we best team is fit and we're competitive yeah after that came probably the highlight of the season uh man united were beaten were hammered three Rio Fernand got absolutely done by denver Bar- it was three nil was kind of them what we dominated that game we had a couple of hairy moments from a donny simpson Making some unbelievable goal line clearances as usual. <laughs> yeah. He was a terrible player. Um, yeah, Demo Bar Kabai with a free kick and then that hilarious own goal. And it was like, could, could we do something big here? We'll beat QPR at home. Leon Best got a rare start, put the ball in the back of the net. And then just before we turned over, Steve Keane's Blackburn and uh, Villa 2 1, which we'll come on to. We got beat 5 2 at uh, Fulham. I just remember this, Ben. Was that Duff took a dive, didn't he? We're batting he was outside the box I as well. I remember that game so vividly. I think we were watching it somewhere together. We did watch it at West Moor Club. Um, Damien Duff did the filthiest dive after Danny, I think Danny Guthrie scored 1 0. We battered them first half. He scored absolutely battered Absolute them. blinder. And then Duff took a dive. That Was it that Sean Massey as well? I think. It was the female linesman. Yeah. Um, and it was. It was out. Regardless, it was, it, it, was, it was a dive, and it was just outside the yeah, box. And she give a pen, and um, it was like after that, Clint Dempsey ended up getting a hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a team like turn around as bad a performance as that, like yeah. Fulham did that day, and just run out like so easy winners, winners in the end. But they were, that was we, we looked worlds apart. Yeah, uh, until Battered half them. time, that, couldn't believe it was just, just injustice, wasn't it? Like, yeah, you'll never get see a, like a decision change a game as big as that one. It's funny how you remember these things, isn't it? It's you, just you when cling you, on yeah, these when you said it, there, just, I it's still, re- it still hurts. I can't <laughs> remember what I was doing last Wednesday, but I can tell yeah. you what Newcastle were doing the 21st of January, 2012. Um, yeah, and uh, the big one came. Uh, Papi's Denver Cissé signed um, for £9 million. No one had heard of him, <laughs> which is fair <laughs> enough. Again. And he was absolutely class. There, there seems to be a trend here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, his first game, all his unknowns. first start, we went to Spurs away. We're, we're going to play 4 4 2 and play Kabai and Guthrie in midfield. We got done 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> Off Harry in his first game out of prison or whatever it was. Um, Wolves, disappointing draw. Sunderland, we're not going to go through the results like this for every season. Yeah, I was hoping so. But, but it's, uh, it's just because it was such a good season this. And then Sunderland, that game where Sessegnon got sent off. He did. I mean, Teote went down easy. But um, he headbutted him. And then Catamull got sent off hilariously after the final whistle. We, we snaked the point from them. And after that, Norwich, West Brom, Liverpool, Swansea, Bolton, Stoke were all beaten six when games was in a row. Uh, was, was it not Villa, his first game? His first, yeah, came on for and best, he, I he think. He scored, didn't he? Yeah, and he scored, but then his first start was against oh, was Spurs. That, but yeah. that was his first game, wasn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you'd miss that one. Cause he, I remember he scored an absolute worldy, um, brilliant strike on that, and everyone thought, hey, we've got a player here. So I think, was it him and Denver had both scored in that game? Yeah, I think we did, two yeah. on. We then went on that six-game winning run where we only conceded one goal, which is the goal at West Brom away. The Liverpool game was absolutely hilarious. I mean, <laughs> Newcastle actually picked up five bookings that day, but um, <laughs> Pepe Reina got sent off. We started against Suarez and Carroll with Williamson and Perch <laughs> centre-backs, and we battered them. King Kenny back. And then uh, Swansea, Bolton, obviously, Ben Arthur scored that goal. 
it all then kind of fell apart. We got done four by a terrible Wigan team. I was at that game. Horrific. So four, that, I think even DeSanto scored. scored all all in the first half. Ridiculous. Um, the Chelsea match side alluded to were 1-2-0, which was just insane. They went on to be European champions, even though they finished below us in the league. We lost to Man City and then Everton. So we, we finished fifth. Pardew was toast of manager, Newcastle. Man- manager, manager of the season. Twice. With a, well, he was league manager and just right, all right, like manager's manager. manager or something. Yeah, yeah so... The world recognised the job he'd done, and everyone was pretty happy. I, I don't think there's much more to be said about that season. What I will say is that season <laughs> is to blame for everything that came afterwards because <laughs> it's clear that um, everyone at the club, and Charlie was at the club as well, Charlie, Lambias, Carr, Ashley, probably even Pardew were like, we've cracked it. Yeah, We have cracked it. We are absolutely mint. We've managed to make a massive transfer profit in the past 12 months. And we've improved the results on the pitch. Yeah, and we're absolutely smashing the likes of Chelsea 2-0 and going on 6 They just thought we've, we've done it. And then that summer, I remember, again in true faith, everyone talking about this is a massive summer for the club. Let's go big. Let's let's improve the squad. Orders would do. <laughs> Little Vernon came in. <laughs> that was it. And a lot of people likened it to the after the 2 or 3 season when we finished... Uh, third in the league, only signing Lee Bowyer on a free. Mm. It's kind of criminal that it just that, wasn't that will enough. let that that let that slide. I mean, if there was if there was ever a time to sort of make a real go at it and just put some fresh impetus to drive the team on, I mean, the the best teams always say you've got to build on success. You can't just sit on your laurels because everybody else is trying to catch up. You've got to still make those signings to improve you, and we just didn't. We sat back and just were sort of content to to be. We think and would would be good enough to just sort of just plateau and and stick around that fifth sort of spot, but yeah. just the, the squad. It, I mean, the the squad had basically flattered to deceive. They they massively overachieved. No one. I mean, even now, looking on paper, it wasn't the fifth best no. squad on in the league. Was it? Well, a lot of big near. teams had mares, didn't they? Like they Chelsea, did, yeah. uh, Liverpool, <laughs> all had massive mares. Spurs and Arsenal were very average that yeah. year. Um, and it's like you hear commentators and people in the game constantly say. The top four, top five, or even the top six, it'll never change. Well, yeah. it did, yeah. And we, we we are to blame for not for not keeping that up. It's <laughs> an absolute farce. It's, it's I mean, huge that, disappointing. We had a chance then as well, I think, because as you say, the other teams didn't really. I mean, obviously they went and spent a lot of money, but they you can't say they really improved. Whereas if we, I mean, you think we could have just got in a couple of extra players, just exactly. another defender and another striker here, or there, just just a. a sort of stabilise and, and you, had, you had a lot of players who it had been their first season at the club they'd done very well but there was no competition for places mm. we started that season Johan Kabai who dropped off massively knew he was going to get picked so did Teote so did Demba Bar, yeah. so did Tim Krull so, you know so all of these players just kind of rested on their laurels and that hunger seemed to have disappeared um, Pardew also had the massive issue of Demba Bar basically throwing his toys out the pram yeah. About the fact Cissé was now the main man. And he was playing on the left. Bar didn't like it. So, so what did Pardew, brilliant man, man manager, do? As uh, Alex Wilson pointed out at Willow underscore nine four nine four, he played Cissé on the right wing. <laughs> <laughs> Your best striker, the one who's been knocking all the girls in. Um, Alex Wilson also says he didn't drop Jonas after some horrendous performances. I, I think Jonas was exceptional, but I always do. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember seeing ever play badly, <laughs> but uh, obviously I'm not, I'm not the only one to think that. But it's it's a minority view. That season, Ben, if you remember, I don't know if you remember the Redden at home game. No, we basically we had a we had an indifferent season. Well, we started, right, I think, about October, November. We're about eighth place. We hadn't won many games. We'd, we'd drawn quite a few, 
And then we'll have, we'll have that running games over Christmas where we got done by my new 4-3 in the last minute, sickening. We then had to go and play two days later at Arsenal, who'd had the Boxing Day game off because of a tube strike. That's a dis- another disgrace, <laughs> by the way. I, I get so annoyed about these things. Um, and it did with 7-3. Oh, I remember that. Well cut. Yeah, it was all right. They're good teams. We'll be sorted. We'll play yeah. practically already relegated Reading <laughs> at the start of January. Did we lose 2-0? We've we'll got beat 2-1. And that, that Reading team, I've got nothing against Reading. Their fans or their I think that's the worst ever awful, team yeah. I've seen in a Premier League match. They were just awful. And Adam Lafondra had two shots and they both went in. And that's <laughs> when I think Pardew kind of for the, own, the first and only time in his career, apart from when he did one, was like, right, you sign me some players now, <laughs> and obviously we we brought in all the all the lads. Uh, who was Sogo for one point five million, who was supposed to be coming for free in the summer. Gufran for half a million quid. Was anyone else? Hydara come in for a couple of million. So the actual outlay was very minimal. Yeah. And these are all players the club have basically been to keeping tabs on, and we're hoping to get in a free in the summer. It was sort of a panic, wasn't it? Because we was thinking... the only one who cost what oh, eight million. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, it was just a sort of it got it became blatant that obviously. They'd, they hadn't done all the business in the summer, which everyone was saying they should have done. That they hadn't, and they just panicked because they thought actually there's a real threat here of <laughs> of sort of dropping into a relegation battle. I think so. They they sort of panic bought and got in those players, but it sort of gave the, the team a bit of impetus, didn't it? I mean, was it the Chelsea game? Well, we played that? Villa with all the new lads start. Well, most of the new lads starting crucial game because Villa shock under Lambert were diabolical. <laughs> um, I went to that game. It was kind of one of those games where after after Redden. You know, pathetic lads that we are. Before these lads came and said, "Right, we've got to go to Villa and support." You know, we've got to go. <laughs> Tuesday night, we had work the next morning. I never did that again. <laughs> so, and uh, one of one, we lost one of our mates in Birmingham. We didn't get the bus back. He might still be there for. We actually lost it. He didn't just. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, and we won two one. Cracking night. We bat, we battered them two nil. People would call it the, the Pardew or the Pardew team talk. We're all over them. It was so easy. <laughs> Second half, backs against the wall. <laughs> Lucky to get away with the win. But as you say, the net, probably one of the highlights of the Pardew reign came a couple of days after three two against Chelsea when one man, one player looked like he was going to <laughs> set the league alight. Musa Sissoko. Don't let me hear you say that. <laughs> he was absolutely. He tore Ashley Cole in the one. That's probably the end of Ashley Cole's career. Realistically, it was after that he never had the same aura about him. I think a lot of left, a lot of wingers started to get of him because Sissoko just tore him when he won. I just think that, that he always had that aura that he was really fast and everything. Yeah, Sissoko just burnt him every time. He made him look slow, showed his age, and just showed people how to play him. I think before yeah. that, he had this re- sort of respect from players that you, you can't sort of beat him for pace or anything. Sissoko just absolutely wiped the floor, didn't he? Obviously, the, we have we've neglected to mention the European European campaign this season, which. I know I went on LBC Radio sometime last season, and um, I think it was when, well, they only ever want to speak to me when things are going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I went on the show, and uh, I th- I tried, it might be Steve Guppy, some ex-footballer, was yeah. speaking to us, and Ian Payne was saying, or Steve, Steve Guppy went, but what do Newcastle fans actually want? Because, you know, no one wants to be in the Europa League, and you're not going to the Champions League. I was like, hang on, Steve. <laughs> uh, absolutely loved the Europa League campaign it was absolutely class I would have loved to be in the Europa League I don't care I'd happily finish 17th in the Premier League and have a good go at the Europa League like mm-hmm. it's the root of the Champions League it's you, you go to some incredible places you get to watch more football it's cheap to watch yeah. it's Thursday nights I mean I know it has a knock-on effect in the Premier League but it's, the, it's like a, I mean it's like a, 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 a domestic cup in there I mean the, the, it just brought it brought some sort of um, joy to the, to, to the sort of supporters I mean the, as you say that the games um, 
I mean, nobody expected to go on that run that we did. I mean, I remember going to the Anzi game at home and we thought, oh, we're going to get beat we'll here. Get done here did, they, yeah. did they hit the crossbar in the last yeah. minute or something? And we just we didn't play. We didn't play very well. Um, <laughs> Story of that season. <laughs> managed to just scrape through, and then it was like, all oh, right, well, we're actually going places. The, the performances, yeah, Cissé was scoring banging goals in. I mean the the games against Benfica were absolutely brilliant. They're just really, fantastic. Really like, good games. They're just the ex- the excitement and you know when you're at, you know that when you're at work now when Newcastle are playing the start of this season, no one's excited. No, <laughs> no like even if we got a little, well, it's not hard to get any better from last season. <laughs> yeah. But it, no one's excited. You were like that Thursday at work, Benfica. Oh, Benfica at home tonight, uh. European quarter final. We got beat three one in the first leg. We should have beat them. I was over there. Yeah, Fantastic we trip. Missed some great chances. Where now. Caesar hit the post twice. You know, we're, we're, it was a, one of those. It was a good defeat because yeah, we're, the performance anyway would would looked like would cause them a lot of issues. And you, although we got beat three one, you think, oh, we're coming back home like we've got the backs against the wall. Um, but you felt like the tie wasn't over, um, and it just you were thinking to get that early goal, the pressure will be on them. You'll we'll, we'll have a real good go at them, and we we did ourselves proud that night. I think um, we're really unlucky to to go out. I mean, you have to give your dues that they had a very good team. Oh, they had, um, Benfica had a host of players now who they've <laughs> sold for like hundreds of millions. Yeah. They had Matic. Cardozo. Yeah. Well, they they they've had a, f- a few lads who've gone on to much bigger and better things. We'll have to crack on, but mm-hmm. essentially after that Benfica game, that I, I pinpoint that Benfica game as the point when Alan Pardew's Newcastle managerial career effectively died in terms of relationship with the fans. Because yeah. we played extra time, we give everything against them. Mm-hmm. Everything. Extra time, what happens Sunday 12 o'clock? We'll lose 3 0 at home to one of the worst Premier League teams in history, mm. uh, Sunderland. What happens next match after that at home? Get done six by Liverpool. <laughs> and obviously, here's Pardew getting these lads up for the, you know one of the biggest games of the season. Benfica, by the way, who got to the Europa League final, should have beaten Chelsea mm. and, and were very unlucky not to. Didn't lose a match domestically all season, and we should have beat them yeah, twice. twice yeah. And we're getting beat 6 0 at home off what Liverpool have finished seventh. <laughs> you know, under the first season under Rodgers. There's just not that that was when Pardew probably lost a lot of the fans. Yeah. We we stayed we finished sixteenth that year. It showed that they they obviously that they must have put so much into that Benfica game. I think it was just yeah. the emotional sort of down down <laughs> fall, fall after that. Just they they looked like the the just the season had ended with that yeah. defeat. But that that tells you a lot about Pardew's man yeah. management skills because he couldn't get them up for the top. His son were terrible. Yeah, um, I think it was one of the Canio's two wins in his thirteen games or something. <laughs> they were very poor as they always are and. You know, the, the fact that, I mean, fair enough, have a bit of a dip. Don't concede nine goals in two yeah. games to two it's very two average. You know, six in at home was just an absolute disgrace. That That's when he, that game I thought, because he played Stephen Taylor and Mbiwa at centre-back, I think that's when he had it with Mbiwa. Yeah. And he stuck around I mean, for two more a, years. It was a tough, tough game for him. To, I mean, it, it's a shame that, obviously, he based, based his performance on that. I mean, I think, was that the one Debussy got sent off, didn't he? Yeah, um, for, for just being a... I think, did we finish idiot. with nine men as well? I think someone else got sent off, didn't they? I, oh, I don't know. But, um... Yeah, it was I just, hope so. we got absolutely embarrassed, and um, just as you say, it was just that it was blatant that he he'd sort of lost the almost lost the dressing room. I think at that point. Well, I think I think it's pretty evident he has, and he had Luke Edwards of the Telegraph banned for reporting that uh, an alleged player who, who turned up at Johan Kabai was basically made his mind up he's leaving in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, that was it, and he was he was finished, and he wasn't putting the effort in. And that's the thing about Kabai. Fair enough, a hundred grand a week. It'll be an expensive player, Palace fans, when he goes on strike. If if Arsenal come in yeah, allegedly yeah. or PSG, we'll move on. The, the season. <laughs> PSG coming back from again, <laughs> dangling the twenty five mil again. I don't know if that's going to happen. No, um, the next season was probably one of the the most controversial summers in Newcastle history, and that's saying a lot for Newcastle under Mike Ashley. 
Duke and Year came in. <laughs> Everyone said Pardew would resign. And Bias, credit to him, resigned because he was like, nah, I'm not having this. Um, and he came in to, to, to buy players, didn't sign anyone. <laughs> and then it, it's a hard one because the following season, 12 13, when we, well, we ended up finishing 10th, what an okay, what a funny start of the season. You know, what decent results. We got beat 2 3 2 at home by a terrible whole team. And we're, you know, we're done at Everton. And it was it was a funny one. Mixed, interspersed, you know, beating Chelsea 2 0. Um, with, some, with some good results there. But the fact remains, and Pardew has said this, that the 2012 13 season, Alan Pardew. Well, he just had his eight year contract at that point as well, hadn't he? Oh, sorry, 13 14 season, I'm, oh, I'm right. talking about. The the team he could put out consisted of Debucci, well Krull, Debucci, Colacini, and Biwa, and Biwa, Santon, Teote Kabai, Sissoko, Remy, Cisse, and fill the gaps in. Not a bad start in eleven that no. built on a shoestring as well, and he just never really got them. Ben Arthur, yeah, as Cole hardly mentioned Ben Arthur. Um, <laughs> And if you, th- you think that team, that's a, you'd take that team now, all those oh, players firing, you'd think that's a canny team. That's probably better than the team we'll, we'll, we'll put out next season. Um, and he just couldn't do it. There was just too many inconsistent performances. You got you got a feeling that I mean, Kabai had gone on strike at this point. You get the feeling the likes of Kabai, Remy, Ben Arthur, that just didn't really put 100% in. And then it all it all came to a head. We, I we, think they'd realised that it sort of got as good as it could get. The, the year before, hadn't they? Um, well, it just seemed like an unprofessional setup. There's yeah. to be so inconsistent, have so many poor results interspersed with some decent ones. It was very. I mean, went on a run like we did on the party the last couple of years. We're October, <laughs> November run. Get in jackpot. That's it, lads. <laughs> and then um, the we had a very poor run over Christmas. And I remember going into Christmas, we had that run and we were fourth on Boxing Day against Arsenal. Got beat one nil. We didn't sign anyone in the window. Shock. We, we could have built on a fantastic start of the season. We didn't. We beat Stoke five one. Um, and it was it was kind of all downhill from there. We picked up a little bit. We won a couple of home games, and we did uh, hole four one. And what happened, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> the infamous headbutt. Yeah, it wasn't really a headbutt. He kind of just put yeah, his it's, face. It's a it's it's become known as a headbutt because yeah. it happens so regularly. So many players do it. It's it's pathetic, really. You did that on the street. No one would blink at you. They'd just be like, what are you doing? But it's, I wouldn't it's, try it, though. I would advise <laughs> yeah. against trying that. Out. But it's just... Uh, just obviously, it was a massive um, sort of fallout of it. Um, but that, that just brought the rails off the tip. I mean, you, to be fair, you you can't really blame the players because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're meant to be taking instructions from someone who's going to go out and headbutt someone, you, you're not really going to listen to them much. And then, obviously, that left uh, the wonderful, talented Mr. Carver in uh, charge and... <laughs> Well, we don't need to say much more about that. Uh, well, I think we've covered we'll, we'll put, we've, we've covered enough of that over did the, we not the lose, whole like, year. This is the thing: we lost like all of the matches that he was in the dugout six, for six games, wasn't it? Yeah, when? and then then he still got given the job. <laughs> Unbelievable! It was the beginning of the end for part like that yeah. season, and then obviously he couldn't come out of the dugout. Well, a lot of, a lot of people were saying he should have been sacked for that. Yeah. The, the club obviously stuck by him because they'd basically paid him in eight year yeah. contract. They didn't want to pay him off, but, the, 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 but realistically, the, they could have sacked him for. For gross misconduct, I yeah. think they could have sacked him without financial ramification. Do I, there, I don't know. I mean, obviously we're not lowest, so we don't know what the contract. But I are think like, if but you go and headbutt someone at work, chances <laughs> are you'll get done. I mean, what did he get? He got fined about hundred thousand, was it? I think oh, he got and, a few quid. Yeah, it was a few quid, wasn't um, it? And an eight match ban. Um, probably meant that he had to borrow more money off uh, <laughs> Ashley. He probably went down to the casino <laughs> and wasted another million, didn't but, he? But um, nah, yeah. I mean, it was just. 
I, I, I mean, I think that's that that it's blatant as well from last year with the Carver. They just they don't want to pay people off. Yeah. Um, and I think I mean obviously that worked for Pardew massively. He got the job on the basis that he was the cheapest player going. Um, and that I suppose that the reason he I mean what you were saying Lambias left. I don't think we're, there was never any sort of consideration that Pardew would leave when Kinnear came in because they basically owned him. They, they bought yeah. him on a shoestring, but he'd sort of repaid them with a bit of faith and he was never going to sort of say anything bad against pa- Ashley. I mean, obviously, he got, used to get a lot of stick from the fans and rightly so for his sort of... Um, it was just ridiculous comments yeah. when he knew the fact it would anger the fans. The fact, the fact of the matter is, Alan Pardew was the manager when Newcastle didn't sign a player for three transfer winners the first time in Premier League history and it's, yeah. it's the last mm-hmm. time let's not yeah. kid ourselves because any other team that does that would be in the League 3 windows yeah, exactly. and he was hung out to dry yeah, like, he was hung out to dry but he was complicit in it any other manager would have been like are you kidding me yeah. like look at look at who I've got I've got, got <laughs> Mike Williamson man and you sold Perch <laughs> If you had, a, that's the thing. He just he didn't have any credibility because he, yeah. he owed he owed them everything. He was in debt to them because he, there was no way he would have got a job. And I think at that time as well that it, his sort of reputation was tainted because obviously he'd done the head, but no Premier League team was going to touch him after that. And I just think again his stock was that low that he was stuck and he had no he had no um, nothing, nothing to sort of fire back at, at them and sort of hold them to ransom or anything. He just had to take what he, he was given and lump it. Um, mm. And unfortunately, that that turned out that the fans obviously sort of just stopped calling the puppet, and yeah. he basically just became a mouthpiece for for fronting up against all the abuse against Ashley. Yeah, um, and and right, he so he, having, he was. He, I mean, he was getting paid very well for it. He must be having the time of his life at Palace. Yeah, you know the the difference in atmosphere, the fans liking him, the, the reasonable team, and the owners are yeah, quite well liked. And it's just so, like, yeah. the, I mean, he went for. A, I don't think he'd have left for Palace personally unless they give him the, the three million Pompey rise. Yeah. But you know, fair, fair play to him. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it's quite the the love story Palace fans make out. Um, but he he knows that he he was never going to get that opportunity ever again either. To I mean, he's essentially got a job in the Premier League for a few more years. I think had he stayed at us, he probably would have been out the door. Um, well, that's the thing. He left when we on a high. I mean, one of the. I just wanted to say quickly, we've run out of time, but the most disappointing game of for Padre, it wasn't all of the derby defeats. It wasn't, um, you know, losing 4 0 <laughs> at Wigan. Know, yeah. what, what are you going for here? It was they the, were pretty shocking. It was the 1 0 at West Ham last season, Ben, when we'd won seven games in a row. We were absolutely bouncing. Yeah. Seven games we, in a row we we'd won. That, we? And we went to a, a dire West Ham team, like a West Ham team who were, they were like fifth at the time, but they were rubbish. Yeah. And we're just, it was a terrible game. We didn't, well, lay, we didn't lay a glove on them. Pardew set the team up for a nil-nil. We'll try and nick one for cans. Like, if you can't go to West Ham when you've won seven in a row, seven in a row and have a good go at them. You know, if we'd, if we'd have come away from that game, getting beat 3-0, but we'd had a right go at them, I, I wouldn't have even... That game wouldn't have even come up. But we went. It was just it was just a typical pathetic, negative, right? pathetic performance from Pardew where let's play... Let's get a, Pardew's blueprint, and it's the same at Palace, I think, most games. Let's get the half-time at nil-nil. Whatever happens... Let make sure it's another tough time, and we'll we'll move from there. And it just doesn't work in the Premier League. Yeah, you can it. It's it's just it's. I mean, especially with with the team we had, we were never ever getting a half time nil nil sort of a lot of the time. I mean, Williamson playing a lot of the time. Um, we just weren't anywhere near a good enough team. But he he didn't. The problem was he never really set out to be sort of a, a defensive team. He he would be happy to go and have a go, as he used to put it, and would get absolutely turned over by. 
Just bang average teams. Alex Wilson's been back on says too many worst games and the party to choose from spot on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's probably ones that didn't even come into the consciousness. <laughs> I mean, that red one was pretty bad as well. And then obviously... The, the well, that's derby. what I'm saying. All of the derbies were absolutely horrific <laughs> there. After the Liverpool first two. Yeah, first two, yeah. So, Alan Pardew at Newcastle, yeah, well, it was a bit of a strange one for us to do this week, like I said. I was going to say, we've spent 40 minutes sort of covering the positives, and then <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, d- I didn't think we'd get, I thought that would last about 10 minutes. Yeah, but uh, I have to say, you know, if you t- if you'd give us, would you rather have Alan Pardew or Steve McLaren? Oh, give us McLaren. Absolutely, I'd rather have McLaren, regardless of what happened at Derby. I'd much more, I mean, it might not work out, but you'd think you'd be so much more positive about the next three years than th- with whoever's in charge than three years of Pardew. And hopefully the feeling around the club will improve as well. I mean, the, the, the right steps are being made with these two, supposedly two marquee signings. Nah, I would agree with that sentiment. I think um, they've, they've got an opportunity to try and right a few wrongs. I mean, they can't. the relationship with the fans can't get any lower than last year, um, surely. Well, yeah, obviously, we know it can, but um, the the need to really sort of push the season. At the end of the day, the I mean, the the sort of statements that have come out. I mean, obviously, Ashley coming out last year saying they want to be challenging top. If they've they've got to do make a real effort to, to do something about the well, a getting the right players in, quality players, um, and they've they've got they can't do it on the cheap. Thinking, oh, we'll we'll not spend this and we'll, we'll be all right on this. They've got to get a decent squad because. We know our injury record's absolutely shocking, yeah. and it's going to hit way again next year. You can guarantee. Will, yeah. um, De Jong's flipping lung will burst again, or whatever it is. And so we, so we, we I need hope not because that would kill him. But <laughs> collapse, I think, the worst uh, you're going for. But uh, obviously, I was, that was the gag. But um, nah, I, you just hope that they're going to sort of try. And I mean, I'm, I'm. I, you were saying with Mick uh, when he was on the pod the other week, you don't want them just to sign anybody. They need to be yeah. good players that are going to contribute. But I, th- I think they need to fill the squad out big time. Cool. Well, thanks very much. That's uh, the end of the show. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we'll be back next Friday. Who knows what we're going to talk about? <laughs> Probably uh, Podgy Pot no, too. Uh, we'll just absolutely slate them. Another quiz. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've not had enough of them this year. Actually, yeah. funnily enough, um, I put on Twitter this week, you know how Husey, how many Husey reckons he knows more than the 95, oh, 96. Yeah. There were some takers like. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so we, we, might, we might like. If, if, you know, if you think you know more about Newcastle's 95, 96 season. Then this lad we know get in touch and we'll, oh, we'll that, put you head to head. That'll be a, a rivet and listen. The, the world will listen. I can't, I can't wait for that one. Yeah. So thanks very much, Ben. It's been yep. a pleasure. Cheers, mate. And uh, we'll catch you again soon. Thank you. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.